Hey, what's up, guys? It's Mike Lynch. What's going on? This is Rashad. This is the Sports Sunday Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. It is now brought to you on the fan by your local Les Schwab Tire Centers. Doing the right thing since 1952. Weekends were made for sports. How would you like to play for the New England Patriots? I'd love to. A look at the weekend in sports with the inside story on the Blazers, the Ducks, and the Beavers. Everyone, meet freelance alien bounty hunter, Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp? The football guy? Yeah, I hunt aliens now. Used to catch TDs, now I catch ETs. You ever caught an alien, Shannon? Not yet, Mr. Question, but I'll let you know when I do. This is Sports Sunday with Mike Lynch. Oh, isn't this wonderful? Look at this room. What a beautiful room. Have you seen this room? Yes. We're in it. And Rashad Taylor. Okay, dude, I can see you don't want to be cheered up here. Come on, Donnie, let's go get us a lane. On ESPN Sports Radio 1080, The Fan. Hour two of two here on Sports Sunday. Mike Rashad, Jesse with you for one more hour. Gonna get hot today. Gonna be 98, 100, so stay cool out there. I'm headed to the beach where it's like a cool 63. That always amazes me, the difference in temperature. I remember once it was like 105 degrees here. It was one of the hottest days I remember since I've moved here. And I want to say my parents were here or my friends were here, something like that. And we're like, oh, let's go to the coast. You know, it'll be cooler. We were still wearing our shorts and T-shirt. It was 55 and misting. And we were like, why did we wear our shorts and T-shirt? Yeah, here? silly. So I'm kind of <laughs> debating on whether or not I want to wear shorts up there today. You should just wear You can wear shorts, but like wear a, maybe bring a jacket just in case. I'm going to bring a sweatshirt. I'm not going to bring a jacket. I'm going to bring a nice sweatshirt. Same thing. Yeah, something sure. something, something to keep warm. So Major League Baseball Hall of Fame induction is today. All right, Meredith. Oh, yeah. yeah. I like her. Meredith Morakovitz. Yeah. She's the Yankees' uh, side, uh, sideline reporter? She could my world. Clubhouse reporter? I don't know what they would call them. Well, she's uh, awesome. Um, yeah, you should look up some more pictures of her, too. Do some show research. But uh, the, so the Hall of Fame induction is today. You're getting a couple of the older guys in from the second ballot, but the main ballot guys who are going in are... Chipper Jones, Vladimir Guerrero, Trevor Hoffman, and Jim Tomey are the four guys going into the Hall of Fame. And literally, I just brought that up to Rashad today. I just said that. I went, hey, I'm going to be a Hall of Fame. Those are the four guys going in. And he was like, yeah, Jim Tomey. I love Jim Tomey. And then you kind of you did your own Rashad rants real quick off to. the air. Well, you did mean to because you're passionate about it. So let me... Before we get into this, let me open the stage to you. Tell me what you told me before the show, or tell them, the people, what you told well, me before I, the show. Just that what I've been saying for years is that baseball is a joke. Um, their Hall of Fame continues to be a joke. Now, I have no issue with Vlad Guerrero or um, Jim Tomey, especially Jim Tomey was also Chipper Jones. Man, I used to watch WCW on TBS, and usually before or after WCW, you would see the Braves play. And so I got a chance to know Chipper Jones very well as a kid. I'm, I don't have a problem with any of the four guys that got in getting in. That's not my issue. My issue is you can't really say this is a Hall of Fame for the elite if you've left out three, four of the most elite players to ever play in baseball. Now, I totally understand, like, oh, well, Barry Bonds cheated. Well, players have been cheating in Major League Baseball forever. There have been corked bats. What's the little salver? Vaseline or whatever people put uh, pitchers used to put on the ball to make sure that they can get a little bit of a little more of a dip 
or make the fastball go. Look, man, there's been cheating in baseball forever. And so I don't understand why you would, wouldn't allow certain dudes to be, again, to be able to get in. Barry Bonds before, quote unquote, before the juice was amazing. And we know that. Probably the best baseball player in the league. As was Alex Rodriguez. And so was um, Roger, Clemens. Roger Clemens. All those dudes were considered the best of the best of the best before we considered anything about them juicing. There's no reason they shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. Yes, that was a, that was a steroid era. There's a whole era where blacks weren't allowed to play in baseball in the first place. But yet and still, that didn't stop them from letting in Ty Cobb. It didn't stop them from letting in Babe Ruth and a bunch of other dudes that, man, uh, Jackie Robinson would have ran circles around, literally literal circles around some of those dudes. So for you to not let in Charlie Hustle, which is ridiculous, do you know the story of Pete Rose, man? You know, he gambled on his team as a coach. I don't know if he ever gambled on his team to lose, but I know he definitely gambled on them to win. Man, he as a coach, said he never gambled on his team to lose, but I believe him. Man, if, I know, if I know we're going to win this game, man, yeah, I'll put 200, you know, I'll lay 200 on the game. I wouldn't, but you know, I, I understand if I'm that confident in my team. We're also talking about a, a, a sport that allows you to drink in the locker room, in the clubhouse. Man, there's beers and do whatever. You can kind of get it in. This is before the game, during the game. You can do that. So they allow certain things, but then won't allow other things. All I'm saying is this steroid era was a prominent part of baseball. It actually brought a lot of eyes to baseball. And you lost a lot of eyes after it went away. The summer of love was amazing. I think I was like in eighth grade or ninth grade with uh, with Barry Bonds, or excuse me, not Barry Bonds, but with Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa. Man, that was an awesome time to watch baseball. Watching uh, Barry Bonds chase that home run record, they would interrupt regular regularly scheduled programs to show you Barry Bonds coming to the plate. Like, that era is gone, and we miss it now because we realize how good it was. Not saying that, man, cheater, cheating should prosper, but baseball is the one sport that cheating is just as prevalent as hot dogs and, and peanuts. So I I do agree that those three players, and we haven't seen the A-Rod on the ballot yet, so we don't know what's, what's going to happen with him. It's still going to be a couple years. But um, with Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens, at least right now, and we're seeing their percentage of votes on the ballots go up the last few years, I think that those two still belong in the Hall of Fame because, as you said, before the steroids or before the alleged steroids, I should say, especially for a guy like Bonds who never tested positive but was in the Mitchell Report and Balco and all that kind of stuff, they were still, as you said, some of the greats before they started taking steroids, allegedly. So to me, even though I don't like that they took steroids as a baseball guy, uh, even though that for a while I was pretty anti-steroids, I have started to become a little bit more lenient as I've found out how many players were using, as I found out how it's still prevalent in the game today. Robinson Cano. Um, and I, I basically am I'm starting to lower my expectations and saying that as long as they were still great before the steroids, I, I, I don't mind if they go in. I don't want Mark McGuire in. I don't want Sammy Sosa in. I don't want Rafael Palmero in because I know that without it, they were not as good as the best to me a hall of fame in any sport is not the hall of good it's not the hall of great it's the hall of elite it is the best players ever to play the game in the hall of fame i think almost every hall of fame gets it wrong but i think the baseball hall of fame is not a joke except for that little aspect of it because i think they get it right almost to a t they are very strict with their hall of fame policy um they put for the most part they put in the best of the best 
If you look at today's class, the four guys going in on the regular ballot, you've got the second best closer of all time in Trevor Hoffman. You've got one of the greatest third basemen of our generation in Chipper Jones. You've got one of the greatest home run hitters of our generation and maybe of all time, over 600, with Jim Tomei. And you've got Vlad, who was so underrated. If you look at his numbers, it's insane um, how good he was. You've got four surefire, no doubt, Hall of Famers going in. True. That's where baseball gets it True. right. But here's a cold part. That being said, are they better? Is Are any of those dudes better than Pete Rose, Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, um, Who's the other one that we mentioned? A-Rod, but we haven't A-Rod. seen him on yeah, the ballot. Yeah, A-Rod. Once A-Rod is on, is on the ballot, A-Rod's doing himself a lot of favors by doing Sunday Night Baseball, too. So they're going to forget about a lot of what A-Rod did and uh, let him let him come in. But if you're asking me, man, I'm, t- I'm taking those dudes. I'm taking Barry Bonds. I'm taking Mark McGuire. Yes, man, uh, Trevor Hoffman is the one of the two greatest closers you know, of all time. Man, are you taking Trevor Hoffman or are you going to take Roger Clemens? I'm probably taking Roger Clemens. Well, they both deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. That's my point, is they both deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. But to call the MLB Hall of Fame a joke, I think is wrong. Because well, you're letting you, – you say it's about the elite players, and you're leaving literally the most elite players of all time out of your out of your club. That's, that's, what, that's what you're doing. It's for the elite, yes. Well, then these dudes definitely need to be in there because they are arguably the most elite of all time. All right, let's take a break. Keep the text coming in on the Better You Today text line, 55305, and let's spread this slightly to uh, – the the rest of the Hall of Fames because you were discussing basketball Hall of Fame uh, with Robert Ori as a potential guy who should be in which I disagree with so we'll get to that next here on Sports Sunday on the Fan. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. So we're talking about the MLB Hall of Fame induction. Text line's better you today. Text line 55305. Someone's trying to tilt me saying Trevor Hoffman's the best closer of all time. <laughs> the good thing about being in the conversation is that you're both right, you know, for the most part. No, like, no, no, no. Yeah, no, I mean, you can. No, 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 no. If, you're, if somebody's in the greatest of all time conversation, that means that you're, you're probably right. There is a chance you could be right. I think I'm with you. I think it's Mariano. Mm. That's just me. However, if you Preach. say if you say Trevor Hoffman, I couldn't be like, no, you're completely wrong. I'd have to be like, yeah, okay, well, I, I could see that. Both had really dominant pitches. Yeah, it's it's a Trevor Hoffman's changeup was great, um, but I think I don't know if I don't know if I'd consider his changeup the best of all time. Whereas I'd consider Mariano Rivera's cutter the best cutter of all time. So that's a little bit of a, a little add on there too. Um, so th- I want to. Stray away from baseball for a second here, Hall of Fame wise, and Rashad also brought this up, and I'll and I'll let you kind of rehash the argument again before we we get into it. But you were you were talking about specifically Robert Ori in the Pro Basketball Hall of Fame. Yes, sir. Um, Ori having won was it six titles? Seven, seven, seven titles. Um, being much more of a complimentary player than a a top player. But you were set, you were making the argument, I think, that you think Robert Ori should be in the Hall of Fame, right? I, I, it's hard for me to say that he that he shouldn't be, uh, but and and you're you're absolutely right, man. It's not the Hall of really good. It's not the Hall of great. Um, but there are great teams that go in the Hall of Fame as well. If we're being honest, man, Christian Leitner is a Hall of Famer. 
you know, Christian Leitner is a Hall of Famer with the with the Dream Team. Would he ever get in on his own merit in the NBA? No. College Hall of Fame, I think he's already in there. But you know, it's so. just, yeah, you know, but it's it's kind of one of those things. He was on a, a part of a great team that was able to get into the Hall of Fame. But see, but With, now that's that's where I have a little bit of a problem is now you're just kind of you're stretching it a little bit to no, 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 here no, was no. this great team that Christian Leitner was a part of. So he should be in the Pro Basketball Hall of Fame. Well, I mean, he was on the roster. So, yeah, he should be in there. However, why? Um. Just because he was on the roster, he was on the team, bro. He practiced with him. He, you know, he was shooting in the That's gym. That's not Hall him. of Fame worthy, though. Being on the team. I mean, hey, man. I know the Dream Team was amazing and great, but that doesn't make every player who was on the Dream Team a Hall of Famer. No, but the team as itself, you know, went in there, and so I was on the team. So hell, I get a medal too, and I get a Hall of Fame ring too. So. That's the way it works. And then we, we, we forget, and, and I think the dream team was so good that we for that it made Christian Leitner look weak. You know what I mean? Like Christian Leitner was easily the best college player we had seen for four years, and then he went to the dream team, and we forgot he was on the team. It's like, oh, he there's Christian Leitner. He is on the squad, isn't he? So he got in that way. So I'm not saying every player that gets into the Hall of Fame is created equal. There are a couple dudes in there that are like, uh, I don't know if he would have got in. I don't know if he would have got in. But Robert Ory is a dude who for three different franchises played uh, a key role as far as, man, putting the nail in the coffin. He's the proverbial nail in the coffin for lots of different teams. Like he did it with the Rockets against the against the the Knicks, man. Nail in the coffin, final shot, that'll be the way we end that. He did uh, it for the Lakers the against team the team. that took advantage of MJ playing baseball. <laughs> I mean, to be real, and this is, this is going to make a lot of people mad, man, Chicago – won 55 games without Jordan that same year. And I don't know if any who, – who on the Bulls would have been able to guard Elijah Wan? No one. Yeah, not anybody. The, the Rockets were at least a good defensive team at that point. They had tons of goons they would throw at you. Vernon Maxwell, and you think you throw at Robert Ory at him. Uh, Sam Cassell was still – man, I think the Rockets, that's the one team that I think give the Bulls a fit because they have no answer for Elijah Wan. You know what Elijah Wan averaged on Shaq during the finals? It was like 28 and 10. Anyway, that's a different thing. Robert Ory's a dude that, man, won rings everywhere. So I think there should be a section for certain guys. Here's guys like Dennis Johnson to get into the Hall of Fame. Dennis Johnson was a very good player, but Dennis Johnson happened to play on a hell of a squad. Granted, he got a, t- he got a championship before he came to Boston, but Robert Ory got two of them before he came to the Lakers, too. And he was actually – that was his best basketball, his rookie year through his fourth year where he played with the Rockets, and he got those two rings. Now, this is a dude that was averaging about, man, 11 points in between there. And so, and that's playing with arguably the greatest center of all time in Akeem Olajuwon. So I think there should be sections for people on the Hall of Fame. If there are guys from that are cameramen and commentators and water boys that end up getting in the Hall of Fame, man, why can't somebody that actually contributed and play a key part to a, a championship team get because- in? Because I get Like I said, I don't think it should be. I think it's a museum, so let's – Honor certain people that did right. certain things in the museum, man. Don't give them a bus. Give them a little picture but to with, me, with some captions underneath. To me, if you start doing that, you start – and I really don't like either the NFL or, I guess, the Pro Football and the Pro Basketball Hall of Fame. I feel like they really don't get it right very often in terms of, like, the amount of players they let in. I really do like the Baseball Hall of Fame selection process the best because it really does limit who gets into the Hall of Fame except for when they get a guy like Tim Raines in on his 10th year because they feel bad. Like That's, that's stupid. But – if you start to open that can of worms, the Pandora's box, if you will, then all of a sudden there's so many of those types of players who have had big impacts on finals teams, who have had good careers in different ways. 
But look at Robert Ory. Ser- seriously, look at Robert Ory. He averaged seven points a game in his career. Seven. He averaged two assists, one steal, three rebounds. I know he won seven finals. I know he was a clutch three-point shooter. Um, his three-point percentage, though, by the way, only 34%. Not as good as, as you would think. And, again, there's something to be said for for a clutch gene, for somebody that during the biggest moments – Man, they make that pass that they wouldn't be able to make. They make that shot that they shoot 30% on. Robert Ory was... He was a seven-point shooter in the playoffs in terms of per game and a 35% three-point shooter. And you know what we remember? We remember the game winners. So all that being said, when the game was on the line and Robert Ory got the ball, it was was going in. It was big. They call him Big Shot Rob for a reason. Right. Not third quarter Rob, not second quarter Rob, man. Big Shot Rob, which means last shot of the game. I love Robert Ory. I love the I love Big Shot Rob. I love that he was a, a clutch guy in a lot of finals teams. But a 7-point guy doesn't belong in the Hall of Fame. He does even if it's a separate wing, even if it's like, "Hey, look how good this guy was when he was doing this. Hey, look at this." That's opening too much. That's not a Hall of Famer. It's not a Hall of Famer. I, I that's a Hall of I really gooder. I I I could totally understand one dude if you're, you know, somebody that hit a 3 for one team one time. Okay, JJ Barea probably not. You know, you had one good series one time, but this is the dude that played with five different seven, wait, seven different Hall of Famers, six to seven different Hall of Famers on three different teams for three and three different occasions and did the exact same thing everywhere he went. Ooh, that, who are the Hall of Famers you're mentioning now? So, so you got Kobe Shaq. Kobe Shaq, Elijah Wan, Tim Duncan, Ginobili Parker. Ooh. And okay. each time found a way to be the key person at the end of a game. And every scenario that he was in found a way to be Mr. Clutch, big shot Rob at the end of the game. Who else throughout their career? You can look at, man, Steve Kerr might be the only other person that could say, man, I played with five Hall of Famers and still was able to make my mark in two different for two different uh, Tony, championship runs. Tony Kukoc? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I, I, I like naming the shooters on the Bulls. I think it's fun. <laughs> I, I think you have right here, I think you're right 99 times out of 100, Mike. But this is one thing where every once in a while, the stats don't tell the whole story. And we all know that. And and when you're talking about the Hall of Fame, um, it, you're talking about a guy in Robert Ory who, it, I mean, it, it, at some point, he's going to be kind of a, a form of mythology. The fact that he got all those rings, that he made all those shots. And yet, when you look at his stats, they're not impressive. But... I mean, do those teams win titles without Robert Ory? Probably not. At least not all of those titles. So, my, see, I, I think they might, though. I mean, I'm looking at that. They because the, the you're talking about some of the best players of all time. That's true. But the Lakers needed Robert Ory to make that shot against Sacramento. You know, the the Rockets needed him to make that shot against the Knicks. Like they they've needed Robert Ory in certain instances. And what there's a time that I saw Robert Ory. Everybody thought he was going to shoot a three, and he pump faked. And it's the end of the game, and he goes up and dunks all over Ben Wallace's face to take the lead for the Rockets and, or, and for the uh, for the Spurs. And then the next play hit the three pointer that iced the game for him. Like that's the Robert Ory. Like the, at the, I think he was thirty something, thirty eight when he did that dunk, and everybody was like, "Man, he just dunked on the Defensive Player of the Year to take the lead and then ice the game." Man, Robert Ory is that dude and has been that guy. Now again, the stats don't tell the story, but production does. Like wherever you go. It's the you're the, it's same, the same story. Dude. You're yeah. the same dude everywhere. Like who else? What other NBA players can say I can go to every single team and blend just like that because this is the role I play and you can depend on me. He, 
I can't think of any. Look, I'm I'm shocked because you guys are getting a lot of support on the on the Better You Today text line two five five three zero five. A the passion for Robert Ori, bravo guys for for hey, a man. guy for a guy who who is not that impressive of a player overall minus the clutch shots. Bravo for loving a guy like Robert Ori hey, that man. much. That's like, cool. It's again, it's one of those things you had to have seen it. Like it was. Well, I did see it no, though. I'm it, not saying I no, didn't no, see and, it. No, no, and just to, just to watch like what he was able to do. I'm quiet the whole game. Quiet the whole game. Oh, here's the ball. Game over. Three points. Uh, not a big deal. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, and just the fact that you do it, it's not a flash in the pan. Like this wasn't a one time thing. You did this for three different championship runs, and that's but that's see, that's the that's the amazing part. And again, this. Do not take this as if I'm trying to talk no, blank about Robert Orr. Well, but I don't think some people do. They're saying, how can you say this, right? To me, and this is my opinion, every Hall of Fame needs to be incredibly strict about who they let in. That is my opinion. So that does not include players like Robert Ory. It doesn't. I love that he won seven championships. I love that he was clutch. But that's not a Hall of Fame worthy player in my mind. People are saying, wouldn't you make one excuse for a guy who won seven championships even though he didn't have the best numbers and, and best career otherwise? No, because I wouldn't do that in any sport. It's different for somebody. It, that's no, just I, my – that's I how I totally view understand if it was somebody who, man, didn't have the resume and somebody who just, you know, he was just on the team and got a ring. You know, there's certain dudes that just rode coattails to certain rings. Man, I get that. Man, it's it, it's it's pretty easy to say that, man – the Lakers don't have three in a row if, man, he doesn't make a couple shots in between them. Oh, against the, the Blazers. He had a couple, you know, game winners against the Blazers in the playoffs. So, yes, man, that's just kind of who he is and what he's done. So I can't fault a guy for being asked to play his role. Like, you were asked to play a role as a role player. I came in and did that and was successful with it. So if he, now I think if he would ask to do a little more, do I think Robert Ory could have scored 13, 14 in the league? Sure. Now, if he scores 13 or 14, are we saying this? Are we feeling a little bit differently about this? Well, all of a sudden, man, yeah, because he was a good player. Like, there's tons of dudes in the, in the Hall of Fame that average 15, 16. The, when it comes down to it, in, in my opinion, is, is like I said, 99% of the, uh, of the time, it you know, the stats tell most of the stories whether you should get in the Hall of Fame. The fact is, is when you talk about the history of the NBA, this is one of those role players that you cannot really talk about the history of the M NBA and leave out. And for that, he's such a big part of the history that he should be in the Hall of Fame. He's just done so much for so many teams, and it was the same story every single place so, he so went. So basically the Hall of Fame is just for superstars. In Only my, superstars get in the Hall of Fame. In my opinion. And why do kickers and punters get in in the in NFL's Hall of Fame? I don't know. I mean, you know. The, I'm, not, I'm telling you, I, I don't like the, the pro football and pro basketball. Hall. I'm telling you. I, I am very particular about this. It's one of those things for me where I, I want just the best of the best to be honored I mean, in that Well, sense. and that's what I'm saying. Like, superstars have to be at their best. Role players have to go in and do their part. Coaches have to go in and do their part. So if I go in there and do exactly what I'm asked to do at every place that I've worked, yeah, like, that's kind of like if, if this were a contract, I've lived up to my contract. I should be able to get whatever incentive is there for me, right? That incentive should be the Hall of Fame. All right, we got a break. Coming up next, uh, thank you for all the text, though, even though you all disagree with me. That's fine. On the Better You Today text line of 55305. Uh, coming up next, hate it or love it. But first, Jesse O Sports Center.
Weekends were made for sports. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. 10.35 back here on Sports Sunday. Mike Lynch here. This is not Rashad Taylor talking. This is Mike Lynch. Actually, Lynch just stepped out to go talk to. He's got to learn some stuff. The homie Rick. He's got some new stuff to learn. Oh, new technology. Yeah. You know, Rick is Rick is that the the cool homie that you kick it with the, with the arm tattoos that just instantly bring girls up to talk to you. Like I like hanging out with Rick. He's a he's a lot of fun. He makes it he makes it really easy. Like okay. fishing with dynamite. Thank you. Appreciate it. Learning technology from uh, engineer Rick. That's what I was doing. Um, so this is hate or love it. Uh, God, who won last week? You won last week, right? I did. Yeah. I so so. I, I get to start again. I'm not doing very well when I start. I prefer to go second. <laughs> so Jesse, go ahead and uh, well, get started. I think. Well, let's let's add a. I thought we already did this. Let's change some rules. Yeah. Let's change some rules. Do you you can want you can let me go first, second. Which I never one? I never do as well going first. So I'll go first. Yeah. Let's change the rule. The winner winners. Yeah. Winner gets to choose. All right. Yeah. We're just changing rules on the fly here. <laughs> That's what we do. We're the oh, people man. show, Screw the system. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm pretty sure this was a rule. We just, like, went away from it or something. I don't know. Yeah. So, Mike, you're going second. I yes. take it then. Okay. We're Correct. just going to jump into this. This is uh, Charles McDonald, SB Nation, who was on uh, the morning roast uh, right before um, our show, about, about an hour before we uh, kicked off our broadcast. The only two teams that I think have no shot of really making the playoffs in the NFC would be like the Giants and the Cardinals. And really everyone else, I think, is, is fair game. I thought that was kind of a bold statement. Uh, the I, only I think two who have no shot? No shot are the Giants and Cardinals. Love or hate? Um, oh, Charles uh, Mc, McDonald is right about the NFC's Giants and Cardinals being the only teams not having a shot at the playoffs. Uh... Jeez, I, oh my gosh. Uh, let's see. Let me look. NFC. Uh, I hate it. Um, just because I think there are still some teams in the NFC uh, that aren't very good and haven't really proven to be very good. Teams like the Bears, we're still trying to figure out exactly uh, who they are and what exactly they're going to be. Um, I think there's other teams like... Um, the Lions, you know, we're not still not sure what's going to happen with them. Tampa Bay is not going to have the quarterback for three games. How is that going to work out for them? Uh, you know, I think there are some other teams there that uh, Washington, how did they perform without not having, well, with having Alex um, Alex Smith as their trigger man now, especially without all the offensive weapons that he kind of had when he was in Kansas City. So I think it's a stretch to say that Arizona wouldn't be there. I think Arizona has always kind of had an okay ish defense i don't know if that's still the case but offensively i still think they're going to be good they get their running back back this year uh they're still going to have mr reliable and larry fitzgerald on the field for them they always are able to find some ancillary guy to kind of be that second receiver for them so i think arizona is going to be one of those teams that they're going to compete for the nfc west i think that's going to be the 49ers or the the rams to lose but i think there's definitely at least four of the teams that would be considered worse than either one of those two teams oh yeah i hate this too this is such a to me it's, it's almost like he's trying to go hot takey on this by only naming two teams because i i do agree with rashad i think the bears are still years away from from getting into contention i want to see what trubisky can do in a full season before i really comment on how good he's going to be as a quarterback i didn't like that draft pick originally when it happened either 
you telling me the Lions are going to make the playoffs? The Seahawks going to be better I'm, than them? I'm confused by the Lions this year. I, it's a new head coach, Matt Patricia. Uh, they haven't, they've been okay, but not great the last few years. Uh, the Giants, obviously, I do agree with. The Redskins with Alex Smith and nobody else. The Redskins have a really bad team right now. Uh, the Cardinals, I don't think, have a chance of making the playoffs. And the Buccaneers, without Jameis Winston for the beginning of the season, they're not making the playoffs, especially with the Gosh. Falcons and the Panthers and the Saints all in that same division. There's no way that that team makes the playoffs. So, uh, no, this is a terrible take. Uh, to me, the NFC has a lot of good teams, but it really only has a, a couple of really top teams and uh, maybe like three or four of them. And those teams, to me, are, are the ones you got to be focusing on. It's the Eagles, of course, it's the Vikings, of course, the Rams that we talked about. And then probably the Saints and maybe like half of the Falcons if Julio Jones decides to play and care. Um, so that's that's what I would say in terms of that. So I'll say hate for this pretty hardcore. All right. Um, the one thing I, I'm surprised I didn't hear from you guys is uh, I don't know if the Cardinals are even the worst team in their own division. I don't think so. So I think like, the, I, I think the the Seahawks are going to be the worst team in their division. And I think. Um, uh, and this is why I also thought it was kind of a hot take. The Giants, on for some people, are kind of a trendy team for a bounce-back team because, you know, Eli might have a bounce-back year, and they'll have Odell Beckham and, and Ingram at tight end, and they got Saquon Barkley, and he's going to be the, the the savior. Of, have you seen Odell Beckham's workouts? Oh, no. Oh, we all know Odell Beckham's a freak. I don't yeah. think anybody disputes that. Saquon but just, Barkley, for all accounts, has been killing so, uh, so I, far I mean, for that. It's kind of funny that he says that, considering a lot of teams have them as like a bounce-back, you know, fringe playoff type team depending on you know they're who said kinda, this who's that that was um that was uh charles mcdonald of sb nation make sure i won't listen to him at all <laughs> <laughs> um let's move on let's uh let's move to houston uh, we're gonna stick with the uh nfl today and the houston texans and bill o'brien are gonna be having a little bit different roster this year hopefully if it stays healthy they have some impressive names coming back and jj watt and um deshaun watson love or hate bill o'brien and the houston texans have 10 plus wins this season so 10 being that if they can reach 10 they might have more love uh i think that the texans are going to be one of the best teams in the afc uh, coming up this year. Um, the Texans were on a roll last year after they finally found their quarterback, which that could have just been a lot of, you know, teams not having any film on the quarterback just yet to see exactly what he can do. But Sean Watson is a winner. That's the one thing we absolutely know about this kid, even dating back to his time at Clemson. So now you put uh, DeAndre Hopkins around him, who for a long time I considered one of the top three or four receivers in the league. Will Fuller had a coming out party last year as far as showing exactly uh, everybody how good he was. But then you bring back J.J. Watt. And hopefully you've got a healthy J.J. Watt that's that's ready to go. Uh, uh, you pair him with some of the uh, some of the people they got on defense and um, and uh, uh, Joel Heath and some other people. Like they have an opportunity to be incredibly good uh, on the defensive end. Special teams they're also pretty good. I think Houston is one of the few complete teams in the AFC. Uh, the Patriots might be the most complete, but even still, right now they have some holes. I think this might be the most complete team in all the AFC. Right? Uh, I love it as well, and I think it's very easy to forget just how special Deshaun Watson was at the beginning of last season because he got hurt so early in the season, um, and uh, they finished with a 4-12 and record, so you're like, oh, he wasn't that good. Yes, he was. Deshaun Watson was, he was, fire. He was the truth. Fire emoji. He was 
absolutely incredible. He won them so many games by himself. You're right about DeAndre Hopkins. He's perennially underrated. Um, he's one of the best receivers in the game. They've got a good running back situation with Lamar Miller and Deontay Foreman coming back from injury. Uh, and he might even pass Lamar Miller at one point to be the starter there in Houston. That I think they're going to be a 10-win team. If you look at their schedule, a lot of easy games on there. Remember, they're in the AFC South, so they're going to be playing the Colts twice a year. Got the Titans twice a year, which might be a, a couple of wins for them. They're also playing the AFC East, which means they're playing the Jets and the Bills and the Dolphins. So those are some wins. Uh, they're playing the Browns this year. They're playing the Giants this year. That's eight wins I see right there. Absolutely. So give me two more against some tougher teams because Deshaun Watson's special. Absolutely, I can see them winning 10 games. Uh, nice. You guys are full of hot takes today. This is great. Um, we're going to move on. This is a uh, hot take that we got from Joe Thomas about Tyrod Taylor. Mm. Well, I have really high expectations for the Browns. I think they can win at least eight games this year. I think they got a great opportunity to try to go to the playoffs. I think Tyrod Taylor is going to go right from Cleveland to the Hall of Fame by taking the Buffalo Bills to the playoffs for the first time in, uh, what, 19, 20 years, and then doing the same thing for the Cleveland Browns in, in back-to-back seasons. So uh, I love Tyrod. I think he can do great things. He's looked great all spring, and I think he'll lead the Browns to the playoffs. Now, I don't think any of us think that Tyrod Taylor is going to be a Hall of Famer, especially Mike Lynch, after his criteria of you must be an absolute superstar. Um, but uh, he did have kind of that statement of, I think you has the ability to get him to eight wins. I think he has the ability to get him playoffs and not only get him playoffs this year, but playoffs next year. Love or hate. Tyrod Taylor will play well enough to hold off Baker Mayfield, not just this season, but next season as well. Love. Uh, Baker Mayfield is third on the depth chart right now for the Browns. So he still has to beat out Drew Stanton if he wants to be the starter in Cleveland. Uh, but I'm looking at the, the Browns schedule it looks like eight might be the magic number. If they were to win any games, eight is about the, that. That would be the cap. They start their season off at Pittsburgh. That's a loss. They start the second game is at New Orleans. That's a loss. Then they'll play the Jets, which they'll probably win. Then they're at Oakland, which will be a loss. So that's three and one or one and three to kind of start their season. From there, they'll be playing um, catch up from uh, from from that point. They'll probably be shelving through some quarterbacks. Is it Drew Stanton next? Is it this guy? So I think if they do win, they, they can get close. I, I could see them. If they win games, I say they'll win six. Anything more than six would be a, a, a huge improvement. Everybody can keep their jobs in Cleveland. But to be real, that means them going on the road to beat Pittsburgh, going on the road to beat Tampa Bay, going on the road to beat uh, the Texans. Uh, I just said the Texans are probably the most complete team in the AFC, not named the Patriots. So outside uh, all of those teams, I don't think it really bodes well for them winning eight. I do see them being much more competitive than they have been, but eight wins is a lot of wins for any team, especially one that didn't win a game last year. Uh, I'm going to say hate for this because you stretched it to two seasons. If oh, we learned what? He said not just this year, next year, Tyrod Taylor will also start over Baker Mayfield. Oh, okay. I didn't hear that. Um, <laughs> the, the thing about the NFL and the thing about the Browns in particular is they get really trigger happy with their rookie quarterbacks. They bring them in way too early, way before they're ready. Look at what happened last year. It's just not, it, it doesn't work for them. Uh, Baker Mayfield, the number one overall pick. You can't tell me that the Browns up tops or higher ups, the up tops, the Browns higher ups are going to start pushing for Baker Mayfield, even if Tyrod Taylor's playing well, because they go, our fans want to see our number one pick. We used our number one pick on this guy. I think Tyrod Taylor's a lot better than a lot of people give him credit for. I think he was good Absolutely. with the Bills. Um, 
but I think the Browns are going to get in their own way like they always do here and put Baker Mayfield in too early because I do think Baker Mayfield taking at number one was way too high for him. A guy who is still raw, even though he was there for a bunch of years. I think he needs to kind of figure out how the NFL works in that style of play before becoming a starter. I think Tyrod Taylor needs to be the starter for a year, maybe more. But the Browns, there's no way they're going to let that happen. But I do agree with Joe Thomas. Their team is much better this year. Looking at them as a roster, they're not a 0-16 team. I think eight wins, eh, that might be a little bit high. But I could certainly see them getting up to six or something like that. Uh, but if they let Baker Mayfield get in too early, I'm a little bit nervous about that. So, well, All right. Perfect, perfect timing, timing there. Ugh, perfect timing. Drop the mic. Perfect timing. Boom. And our winner today... Mike Lynch. Lynch yeah. Good job. Man. Two point win there. Two point victory. I like going hey, second. It gives, of- it gives me a chance to like really formulate my thoughts. And I think that's the benefit of if you lose, you get to choose what, what works better for you. Because I here's what happened. Your first question, Rashad went, uh, oh, God, I was not prepared for that question. And then he loses 20 <laughs> seconds <laughs> and then he has to did. answer. Yeah. I was like, wait, what happened? <laughs> Um, All right, cool. So I'll host the last segment then. That's next here on Sports Sunday on the Fan. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. I was <laughs> glad um, that conversation was not happening with hot mics. Off air. That was uh, was uncomfortable. Still shocking to me. Yeah, it's, yeah, I'm I'm having trouble recovering. Thanks for thanks for saying that right before I had to turn the mic on. Much appreciated. <laughs> not a problem. Anytime. Um, we don't have a lot of time, but I do want to. We do have to bring this up, and I forgot about it. So apologies for putting it at the end of the show, but. The C.J. McCollum, Kevin Durant thing. Oh, 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 oh. Oh, shots fired. I know know we need more time for this, and maybe next week we'll have a little bit more time for this, but um, (laughs) why? Why? And Kevin Durant, why? Like, could we have two more sensitive players beefing with each other passive-aggressively on Twitter right now? They're both really sensitive, clearly. Kevin Durant is soup, soup sense. Kevin Durant is the most sensitive ever. But there was a, a clip of him after this happened the next day at practice or something. Or maybe it was Team USA practice, I don't remember. And they asked him about it, and he they were like, are you mad about this? And he goes, or he said, CJ who, first of all. You know what they're talking about. Second of all, he goes, me mad? Why, why, am, I, why am I mad? Why, is, why isn't CJ mad, huh? He goes, answer me that. He goes, well, in the response that, that you said, you seem kind of good. But why is it me that's mad? It's like, dude, you're super defensive right now. People who are the who get super defensive about something are the most guilty about that thing. Always. It's almost always the truth. Hey, if you get really defensive. So you are mad about it, Kevin Durant. You are passive aggressive about it. Always, Kevin Durant. Can we, can we just stop this nonsense? So... KD acts like we don't know who he is. Oh, did you see this, Lynch? The Yankees acquired JD, J or Hap? He's, that's him on the map, yes. I didn't see this. Yeah. 
Well, that's that was, awesome. That was like four days ago. That's awesome. <laughs> this is his first start today. Oh, that's awesome. Good for them. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Katie is one of those guys, man. He's just, he knows, I think he knows what his legacy is now. I think he knows how a lot of people are going to view him. Like, this is the second time in a row that he's been finals MVP and everybody just kind of rolled their eyes at it. Like, yeah, bro, you should have been finals MVP. Like, how bad are you going to, they're going to talk about uh, Kevin Durant if you don't win uh, a championship or finals MVP? I think he's at that point now to where he understands that nobody's ever going to respect his championships. Oh, they'll honor them. You know, that's not a problem. You know, you win a championship, hey, you won. But for the most part, when we start talking about greatest conversation, Kevin Durant is just somebody who unfortunately won't be there. And that's unfortunate, but he's kind of did it to himself. But the whole thing with he and CJ, the one thing KD doesn't like is to be called sensitive because then he gets really sensitive. He also called him, what did he say? He was... Did he say he was a snake? Did he, he use the word snake. snake? He said he was a snake. Why? Because CJ said the exact same thing to you that he said to you on your podcast. It's like, man, I didn't think it was. I thought it was soft. I thought it was weak. Like, who does that? You went to the one team that didn't need you. He's, CJ didn't do anything but say what everybody else has been saying for the past two years. You went to the one team that didn't need you. And he, what he didn't like is to hear another NBA player say it. The funniest part to me was to hear uh, KD say, you're not winning the championship. Y'all aren't winning the championship talking about portland and cj going uh anything is possible you know trying to trying hard not to say yeah you're right you know we know it's cool that's what he wanted to say but he just kept being well, well anything can happen to katie yeah you're not going to win a championship yeah hold on katie you won a championship because you went to a team that already competed for a championship don't act like that don't that's that. that's exactly it to act so high and mighty like oh yeah like no it's one th- i'm i'm a big proponent of i had no problem with katie joining the warriors i think it, it was awesome uh but at the same time when you come up to a guy who's like well you know we have a shot one you you were literally uh injury away from probably not making it to the final so don't act like you are this untouchable team is it probable no is it impossible no and the only thing that made it super possible for him to get his back-to-back rings is because he did leave and go to a a different team and he happens to play with the two greatest shooters to ever play in this game Oh, yeah. By the way. But right. the probability, no. Impossible. Eh, you can't say that. It just, I laughed about it when I saw it, and then it got such big buzz. I was like, God. But then, basketball players are by far and away the most sensitive. You know, they, they and that's just yes. kind of what it is, man. That's just always been the case. You and know, Kevin Durant is the king of sensitive Kevin basketball Kevin Durant players. is, you know, he's king and look, cuddles. I, I, I was one of the few people who said, I don't care that Kevin Durant went to the Warriors. Like, I, I you do you, right? You make yourself happy, whatever it is. Might not be quite as competitive, uh, but hey, that's that's up to you. So I kind of supported him in that sense, but um, right now I can't because yeah. he's super sensey. You're soft, KD. Sorry, bro. Yeah, soft. This is what he it is. is. He is soft. All right, that's gonna do it for us this week. Thanks so much for listening. Let's drop tire podcast is where you'll find it at the end of the show. Thank you for texting the Better You Today text line at five five three zero five as well. We got a lot of texts, especially during the Hall of Fame segment. So appreciate that. Even though you guys all disagreed with me for the most part. Um, Next week, we'll be back. We'll do some more NFL stuff as we start getting into some of the preview times. 9 to 11, every single Sunday morning. Catch us then. Have a great rest of your Sunday, everybody. Omaha! 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 This one's for Pat! Baseball season is heating up. 
Odyssey has you covered with the most entertaining coverage of your team. Stay locked in and in the know with the local voices you trust as they bring you unfiltered takes, recap games, react to the latest team news, and talk to callers. Listen to your favorite shows for free on the Odyssey app, odyssey.com, your smart speaker, or in the car with Android Auto or Apple CarPlay. 